All right. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Behind the Human. I'm your host, Mark Champagne, and it is my job to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game, personally and professionally. Today, I'm here with Kara Golden, who is the founder and CEO of Hint, best known for its award-winning Hint Water, the leading unsweetened flavored water, which is fantastic. I blew through a case of this recently. She has received numerous accolades, including being named EY Entrepreneur of the Year and one of InStyle's Badass 50. She hosts the podcast, The Kara Golden Show, and also recently released her first book, Undaunted, Overcoming Doubts and Doubters, which is now a Wall Street Journal and Amazon bestseller. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Nice to be here. I am excited. I've been diving into your book and it's just, first of all, I love the the size of the chapters because I feel like, you know, it's it's either been my morning read or my evening kind of wind down read and it just puts my mind in a perfect place. So a personal thanks for that. Um, and before, but before we get into you, the book, your story, your work, I would just love to know who you are. Everyone gets this question. Just who are you? What defines who you as, as we speak now? Great question. Well, I, uh, I'm Kara Golden and I started out actually as a tech executive and decided after a good run in tech that what I was really most interested in was health. And I never really articulated that or defined it, but found when I was actually starting my family, I had three kids under the age of four at the time, um, that I was really thinking about, okay, what am I putting in their body? And I think one day I woke up and thought, gosh, maybe I should also think about, you know, my own, like, health issues. And sure. and I had gained a bunch of weight over the course of many pregnancies. I was uh, always, I was a competitive athlete growing up, had knew how to train, knew how to eat, but somewhere along the way, just got, you know, lazy and really had fallen kind of prey to what I term now as healthy perception versus healthy reality and, you know, the Ooh. food and beverage industry. And uh, and so one day when I was reading through labels, uh, which I had gotten really good at when I was looking at not only ingredients, but calories and my food, that's when I looked at my diet soda, Diet Coke in particular. This was a little over 16 years ago now. And saw that there were a lot of things in there that I was putting in my body that I just didn't really even know what I was doing. I, I, I think I knew I knew more about what I was putting in my car than what I was putting in my body. And I had this yeah. aha moment thinking, gosh, I don't know that I would feed my kids this. Why am I feeding myself this? And that's when I decided to do a little test and take the Diet Coke away and start drinking plain water. And that's when I had this other aha moment where I knew I was supposed to drink more water, but I just never did because water was just super boring. So I started slicing up fruit and yeah. throwing it in the water to make it, you know, taste better. And it, it was interesting because I had basically given up on trying to get healthy. I thought, well, this is just the way it is as I grow older, you know, 
it's just harder to lose weight. All you know, maybe hormone imbalance. I don't know, like all yeah, these but you're things. You're being told that too, right? For the, just to totally. set some context for for the listeners, like you, we're, first of all, we're not talking about one diet coke. There were, were several per day, and I think at one point you had physicians or MDs telling you that okay, you need to explore like hormone therapy or different medications totally. for resetting your hormones. I mean, had yeah. you not stepped back, like the majority of the population is like, okay, I guess this is what I have to do. Well, and and I guess that's what's so interesting is that we just really believe, right? I think yeah. as consumers, we believe that there's, you know, s- lots of testing behind it, that someone's watching. And, um, and for me, the word diet in particular meant health and meant better for me, certainly better than regular full-fledged soda. So I never really questioned it. And anyway, when I did the swap two and a half weeks later, I lost over 20 pounds. Um, I had developed terrible adult acne that I didn't even necessarily put the two together, like the weight and the skin issues until I did the swap and my skin cleared up. Uh, I lost the weight and my energy levels went up. And that's when I really started thinking about how I was, you know, again, a successful, smart executive, yet not so smart about my own health, which I think, frankly, is the case for so many people. And so that's when I thought, gosh, if I could share this with lots of people, then I could help a lot of people. And that's when one day I thought, maybe I'll just go to Whole Foods. Whole Foods had just opened up in San Francisco where I live. And maybe I'll go to Whole Foods and see if I can get a product on the shelf that is just water with fruit. Because the other thing is, is that when I used to go and buy my six packs or 12 packs of of Diet Coke, it was really easy. It was convenient. And Mm -hmm. what I figured out when I went and looked at everything for sale on the shelf was that it it just had lots of stuff in it. And I just wanted fruit and water. I didn't want, you know, the preservatives. I didn't want the sweeteners, even diet sweeteners in it. And uh, so, you know, that was really kind of jumping ahead a little bit. But I mean, that was really kind of where I saw maybe, you know, this fork in the road where, And and while I used to define myself and many other people define me as a successful tech executive, that's when I thought, I want to do something that I'm really passionate about. I was passionate about tech, but if I could actually help people and sure. and you know, do something that is really going to help them live longer, stay healthy, enjoy what they do, enjoy their families, all of these things, then that would be pretty awesome. So I would say that my definition of me today is probably, you know, somebody that really does want to help. And and uh, that's extended, obviously, into other products beyond the water and uh, and also my book as well. Yeah. So my main reason for writing that was was also uh, just to help people get unstuck or know that they could do it if they really set their mind to it. Well, let's talk about a little bit about that because I feel like that's there are two other through lines that I've noticed just reading about your 
your tech world and then obviously all your uh, work with Hint and, and just, I feel like you as a person, there's there are two characteristics that I see coming up over and over again. And that's just this heightened sense or this this passion towards curiosity and courage, I think, like in those two mixed together in some way. Um, it might have taken longer on the personal health side of things, but ultimately, you know, you you started asking questions and you were curious about, you know, what the hell was going on and and then and then had the courage to actually go and pursue a brand new business, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? It, I mean, with a it, baby on the way. Yeah. And a right? ba- yeah. Child, yeah, 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 my fourth child on the way. And and uh Justin. Yeah. It and you know it's it's interesting. I've thought a lot about this uh you know, over the years. But I think the thing about tech that is really different than maybe other industries is that they, and I would say that if you talk to anybody in tech, how they think about things is let's launch something, let's get it out the door and there'll be an upgrade. There'll be 2.0. So you're never done. Right. There you're, you're always launching something. I mean, Elon Musk is, you know, putting something into space, but you know, there's another one that is already like, let's get that up there. Let's take some learnings from it and then let's keep adding on to it and keep moving forward versus the food and beverage industry is let's, let's launch this beautiful thing and let's see whether or not it's successful. And if it's not successful, then we kill it. Yeah. Right. And, and there's just, I mean, and, and so for me, I didn't even get it when I went into the tech or when I went from the tech industry into the beverage industry, I just, what I knew was that I wanted to do something that I wanted to share something about this like aha thing that I had discovered. But again, I knew that I could help a lot of other people, but I think that my curiosity definitely enabled me to go and ask questions. Um, but I all, but I also have to say that I got kind of a kick out of, you know, this idea that I wasn't actually the most knowledgeable person in the room. I think that even looking back at, I was at America online prior to, um, starting my company hint, and I really enjoyed it, had been through a hockey stick. Um, you know, it was, it was, uh, very exciting to, help it grow. Um, it was a billion dollars in e-commerce revenue that I helped lead. And I think for, for me, it was, uh, it, it, I, I got kind of tired of, of always mentoring and managing, which I, it's something that I talk about a lot throughout, you know, my interviews and also throughout my book is that it's just, that if you're not in a position, you can do all of that. You can mentor and manage it, manage. But if you're not in a position where you're actually learning yourself and putting yourself sure. into those vulnerable positions, then you get a little bored. You get cranky. You get tired. What whatever it is that is, you know, the sort of, um, you know that's how you feel after you're, you're getting in this, in the situation. And yet nobody really talks about those things, right? Yeah, they, instead so they, they talk about, go be a manager, go be, you know, a VP or a CEO or, but they don't talk about, okay, you've achieved a certain thing. Now 
go down to the bottom again. It's hard to go down to the bottom in your own industry because you're so knowledgeable, right? And you're great at mentoring and managing. But instead, when when you jump over into a different industry that you're curious about, you can actually take some of those skills that you've learned in another industry and come over and listen and learn and be the student again, which again, I, I mean, it was truly by accident, but I think that that's what I was so excited to sort of put myself into that position. And I encourage everybody to, to do the same if they have an opportunity to do so. Do you, is there a balance of that, you know, putting yourself out there, being vulnerable, starting something completely brand new? Cause that's a, that's a big thing or big task to take on mentally, uh, financially in, in, in all capacity, but is there a balance of that and the stability part or certainty part in your life that were you thinking of those things or did you have elements like that in your life that could balance them out? Or was it just like all in on, on X? It's a great question because I feel I, I, I always, people were kind of worried that I was going and, and doing something <laughs> kind of crazy, right? They were like, wait, what, I, you know, what happened? And I said, nothing really happened. I'm just really curious about this. And I think I've got great ideas to go and potentially solve this issue uh, and help a lot of people. And I kept thinking that if if it didn't work out, I could always go back to being a tech executive. I think it's something that people forget about, right? That if especially yeah. if you're if you're really considered great at something, that doesn't mean that you can't take a break or you can't go and figure out why you really love something, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like it's the concept of, you know go, go set me free for a little while and maybe I'll come back kind of thing. Right. And, and it's just, and I kept thinking that about my industry that maybe I needed to take a break. Maybe I didn't like what I was doing. Maybe I loved what I was doing, but I just needed to go and explore and figure out how much I loved it. And so I think when you think about new ventures in that way, it, it puts you at ease, right? Like mentally, you could, you get yourself into that mindset that I'm going to go try this for a while. Maybe you actually need to set a timeline. But then what you realize is that, you know, you're smiling every day, you're engaged, your curiosity is, you know, it's hard. It's, it's not that it isn't hard stuff. But I think as long as you are learning along the way and appreciating and feeling that you're getting traction, then you know, you, you sort of put yourself at ease a little bit to think, okay, maybe I could go back. And that was another reason why I really wanted to get this book out there too, that it's just, it takes a lot of courage to get going. But, you know, if you don't, it, it often, if you think too much about the end, then you'll never get started. Right. And it's true. Right. And, and so you just have to kind of take a couple of steps. I always tell people, it's like, it's not that you don't think about the overall goal, but you set the goal and then you sort of park it, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe you you hide it in a box somewhere that this is where I really want to be going. But think about today, just a couple of those things that you need to do in order to, you know, feel like you're making some kind of progress on it. Yeah. So that was that was really kind of my mindset along the way. And always sort of maybe in in the other camp was thinking, you know, if I'm not making progress multiple days in a row, then maybe 
I stop, right? Maybe I go, maybe I go back to tech, but I think that what I realized is that I was making progress and, and, you know, and I think that's another piece too, that you really, you're always going to have setbacks along the way, but you have to kind of celebrate your little wins along the way too. Um, because if you don't, those setbacks, you know, and failures, challenges, however you want to think about them, they can seem really, really big and daunting and, and sort of, you know, get you thinking, oh gosh, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. It reminds me of, I had interviewed Scott Belsky from Adobe, Adobe a while back, um, when he had written the messy middle Mm -hmm. and he, he, coined it as mental gymnastics, kind of taking those little micro moments, like what you're talking about and celebrating the smallest of wins, right? Totally. I think their example was at, at, at the beginning when he was running Behance, they were a typo on, in Google. It would always autocorrect to enhance and said, you know, maybe one day we won't be a typo. And like, that was the, the motivator to keep going. And then they would celebrate these, uh, these wins, right? And I just, it, anyway, it just makes me think of all the reframing that, that you've done. And there's a, there's a really awesome question that I resonate with in the book. And I think it was around this time frame. And it's, I think you just asked something like, you know, like, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I do that. Yeah. And I do that all the time. I mean, I still do that. And, yeah. uh, in fact, I was telling, uh, my son, who's in college, and he was thinking about what he ultimately wanted to do. And I was like, you know, giving him the exact same advice that you've just got to take steps forward. And you got to, you know, keep appreciating what you love doing. And, yeah. you know, the beauty is, is that you can change, right? You can change yeah, what you're right? doing. I mean, I think that so often, we think like, oh, you know, I've got to go and take on this major or, uh, or go, you know, to this job. I always thought that if I didn't love what I was doing every single day, um, or, or appreciate it, if I wasn't learning all of these different aspects about what I wanted to be doing, then that's when I made the change. And that's what, but until then, mm-hmm. you know, it's just don't make things so daunting that you're, that you cannot move forward instead, just try and figure out, you know, what are those ways that you're, you know, going to enjoy what you're doing and make progress. Love it. All right. Hello friends. I have something to admit to you all. I am no longer recording this show out of my mini Cooper and surprise. If you didn't know that, Thanks to the awesome humans over at Loop Phone Booths, I'm recording two podcasts in their Flex booth at home. I'm also recording my audiobook, Personal Socrates, in this booth while my five-year-old is running around downstairs screaming, being a five-year-old. The booth rocks. So if you're looking for a space to take calls, record in, or just find a little quiet in your day, check them out. They're over at loopphonebooths.com. Now back to the show. So how does it feel? Because you should share your, your personal story with the Wall Street Journals. I know you've got quite a <laughs> deep connection with that journal. So how does it feel to be a, a bestseller on a Wall Street Journal list? I mean, that must be unbelievable. Pretty crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I was, uh, you know, when I, I was in college, that was 
for the first time that I had ever, I mean, I knew what the Wall Street Journal was, but I never imagined ever opening up a Wall Street Journal and reading it until I was in college and I was taking some finance classes. I was a minor in finance, which I always talk on college campuses about this, that when I was uh, at school, I was a journalism major. And for me, journalism and writing and communications was, was, you know, it wasn't always easy, but it was easier. And it seemed very natural to me. And I was curious about it. And, you know, I love to write and all of that. And some of my friends were taking finance classes. And I thought, I don't understand anything you guys are talking about. So maybe I'm going to take some classes in order to learn some things. Well, that ended up parlaying into getting a minor in finance. And then I found myself in hot water that I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm in these classes. There's no drop time left to you know, get out of these courses. And instead, I had to really figure out how do I you know, get through these classes. And that's when a professor said to me, you know, you should read the Wall Street Journal every single day. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's just going to make my life even harder. (laughs) Why would I do that? And so he said, you know, there's two magazines that are two publications that you should get uh, subscriptions to. You should get Fortune Magazine and also the Wall Street Journal. And so the Wall Street Journal I never had time to read it, it seemed like, and I would keep stacks and stacks in my apartment, and I had a couple of roommates, and they would laugh because there would be outside our uh, our front door, there would be stacks of Wall Street journals, and I'm like, don't throw them away. I'm going to read them this weekend, and then I never would. So yeah. it was, um, and so one day, uh, one of the funny stories, many, many funny stories, but one day they decided to wallpaper my um, room with Wall Street Journal. So I would read them. <laughs> yeah, that's the roommates I had. And uh, it was pretty funny. And we, um, and so that's when, you know, I really, I, I read them a little bit at night. Um, and uh, it was, you know, I gained a lot of appreciation because I thought it was really great advice. Once you start immersing yourself in something hard, Um, Mm -hmm. you do understand that maybe you have to go a little bit slower. Maybe you have to, you know, maybe it's not as easy for you, but I think when you look back on how daunting it was, I mean, now to this day, I read the wall street journal almost every day and, you know, I'll skim it. I don't read it, you know, corner to corner of the publication, but I think it's just a story of don't allow things that you're afraid of to prevent you from taking those things on. And I think that that's something that, you know, is, is really just a life lesson. Yeah. I love it. It's um, well, and we can go in so many different ways, especially with magazines and and companies. There's, you have so many crazy stories about your job, your first jobs, but I uh, will say that for a part two one time, because I would love to start to get to know a little bit more into your mental fitness and your practices because it's I think probably the listeners can pick up your you seem like a very reflective person by nature you're definitely asking really powerful questions and you're curious and, and whatnot but I'm wondering you, you know what what have been some of the non-negotiables in your life when it comes to slowing down and thinking and thought process what comes to mind right now though just I have to share this one is I have this mental image because I think I just read this one on the weekend where you're you were taking a long weekend with your husband and driving down the coast in a convertible with whiteboards sticking out of the back, which I'm sure, yeah, too much. But I I made me think like, 
okay, you're, you're mapping things out and that, that's kind of how your mind works, but you know, please share obviously what, uh, what works for you. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm clearly a very visual learner. And so for me, yeah. when I'm really have to think about something and think, you know, especially if it's something that is really challenging to me and hard that I, I think for me, it's, it's about sketching them out. So it's okay. still, you know, kind of pen to paper and I'll just yeah. sit there and start, you know, drawing and doodling and thinking about things. And, uh, and so, I mean, I think that that's part of it, especially, you know, it doesn't even have to be a business problem or like a, it could be, you know, sort of a life problem. I mean, I'm, I'm really kind of mapping out steps along the way in order to, you know, try and figure out how that makes sense uh, to move forward. But I think also just putting myself into a position every single day that I'm able to uh, kind of move forward too. Like I, I, you know, I work out every single morning. If yeah. I don't, I'm a bit of a mess because I think for me, it's really about uh, starting you know, my brain in the right way and breathing in lots of oxygen. I live in a place where I, uh, you know, have lots of trees for me and life and, you know, there's yeah. lots of wildlife. Like those kind of things are really, you know, frankly, I think underestimated for people that they, it certainly was underestimated for me. Even growing up in Arizona, I didn't realize how much I really missed that when I, sure. you know, lived in a big city and then, um, and then ended up moving out to Marin County where I live now, where, you know, it's just, it's a different kind of geography than the desert, which I grew up in, but it's, yeah. but it doesn't matter to me whether it's trees or desert. It's really just kind of, um, you know, topography in some way that has life sure. and, and that I'm able to see that. So I think that those are, you know, key things for my own mental health. But I would say that, uh, you know, those are probably that those are key things. And then I would just say the third one is, uh, is really surrounding myself with people that are curious people too. And they don't have to believe exactly what I believe, but I think that opens it up for more and more learning as well. Yeah. The dialogue's there. Definitely. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I resonate with just the, you know, nature and connecting back to nature and whatnot. I had told you I live just outside of Toronto and we used to live in Toronto, right? Kind of in the core. And we're about two hours now north of the city in a ski town, essentially. Um, so full of nature and, and, and mountains for at least for the East coast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I would love to just given you, you've lived in big cities yourself as well. And a lot of the listeners that are on the other side of this, uh, do like we're, any suggestions on how to find some of that stillness or I guess that quietness of the mind or reflective time if you're living in New York or something like that? Yeah, I mean, I think that, look, I, I think you can always find it in places. I mean, you mentioned New York as, as a you know, example, I mean, there's Central Park, right? Where you can, yeah. you can always find a place like it, it might be a little bit more difficult, but instead of actually thinking, um, you know, it's not here at all. Uh, it, it, you know, 
instead of asking yourself, what can you do? Maybe it's what can I find, right? And try and figure out how do you put yourself into that mindset? And when you think about it, that kind of satisfies your curiosity too, because it puts yourself into a, a place where, you know, maybe you initially think that you can't, um, or that something's not there. And then you go and set yourself on a path to trying to figure out where it's at. So I think that that's like another, it's, it's sort of a mind challenge to whenever I find myself, you know, searching for a product or a place or whatever, I, I, it, I finally think about the fact that it has to be here and I just have to figure out what it is. And instead Mm. of actually saying that it's not, uh, not anywhere around here and it can't be here. And I mean, it's kind of the same, I don't know if this makes sense, but it's sort of the same as kind of giving up, right. As you know, so many, so many people think about, not starting a company or, you know, not starting a podcast or, you know, whatever it is, or not writing a book because they think about all the barriers, right? And and instead, mm-hmm. I think that if it might be a little bit more challenging to do the things that you want to do, but instead of actually saying you can't, figure out what you can do and and figure out how you can do it. It might not be perfect. It might not be exactly what you were envisioning, but just trying to figure out how you can do something and, you know, not staying complacent too is sort of, you know, it's, it's all in kind of the fun of it. Yeah. Love it. Um, I'll move on from this topic in a minute, but I, I definitely need to get a few of your reflective questions. I mean, we've, you've provided a few, but if there are any questions that you find yourself either journaling on or thinking about during walks or whatever like that are frequent in your life or during big life-changing events like what kind of questions pop up for you uh questions i mean you know i i think if you really start every day with with thinking about what am i going to learn today Hmm. and uh and kind of so often we we start our day naturally with thinking, okay, what do I need to do today? You can actually turn that around and think about what am I going to go learn today? And sometimes they're the same things, but it's just a, it sets your brain headed in the right direction. Like you're, you get excited about going and learning about things. Like maybe you've got a meeting, right? You're going to go and figure out what are those things that I'm going to learn today in that meeting. And, um, and then reflecting back on those things and figuring out, I I think so often when we have a mindset that we want to go learn something too, we end up learning more or something different than, you know, versus actually looking at things like a, you know, kind of a task or a, um, you know, something that we don't want to do. So I think that that's something that I think a lot about uh, on a daily basis. And, um, you know, and I think more than anything, also trying to figure out how to help people, how to help people get to a place where, um, where they do move forward. And because I, I really think that this concept of learning is something that I didn't get until, you know, much later. 
in life. And that I thought, you know, you go to school and you master that and then you go get a job and you make money. Right. And that was kind of, that was it. But instead thinking about, okay, how am I going to keep learning? And, and I don't think a lot of people think about that. Instead they think, you know, how do I climb the mountain? But they don't think about maybe I need to go back a few steps and learn some things in order to, you know, continue growing in some way. And when I think about learning and growing, I really think that, you know, those those things add to mental happiness as well, because you're challenging yourself and you're learning every single day. Yet I think that that seems to be the piece that is missing for so many. Well, I think. I mean, again, just this is just my personal experience or take on it or opinion, I guess you could say, is that you spend a good part of your early life accumulating, like Mm -hmm. accumulating knowledge and titles and jobs and things and and all of that. And then there comes a point, and I think it's different for everyone, but there comes a point where you flip into like an editing mode of your life. And Mm -hmm. this terminology, I'm I'm not coming up with this, this is from Chip Conley, um, a conversation with him at one point, but it makes sense in the sense that you start, I think you start living more intentionally and like, okay, mm-hmm. this is where I want to go. And to, then I guess to your point of learning, you start seeking the knowledge that really f- fills that gap or where you're at in your life versus just like a water hose of, of knowledge in your face, right? Yeah, totally. And I think that it, it's also, I mean, you mentioned Chip. At, so I've met him a couple of times many, many years ago, but very successful person has done incredibly, you know, great things, but that's a person that is leading his life of learning, right? And doing things that, you know, frankly, might seem a little different, odd, whatever, like considering his, his experience. So true. Right. And, and yet he seems quite happy doing it. Right. And he, and he's always learning about new things and, and challenging himself. I mean, he's a perfect example of somebody that, that is practicing, you know, this stuff. And, and I just, I think that there's so much that if we take a moment to kind of look back on, you know, people that are, that have sort of lived the life that they're supposed to be leading, but then, you know, chapter two was something, you know, a little bit different. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think it's, it just, those really are kind of the happier people and that, and, and not just happy, like, you know, put a smile on your face, but really kind of leading this life of, of truly being, you know, you consider them a very happy person, not to say that they don't have challenges or, you know, deal, dealing with, you know, whatever along the way. But, um, I mean, I think Richard Branson is another one, right. That I think it's, uh, he's somebody that I've never met, but I I've talked to friends who have, you know, been to Necker Island and, you know, just hearing stories about just hanging out there. I mean, he just enjoys that, right? And he enjoys being there and he enjoys learning and being around people. And it's not like, you know, come to my resort and I'm just going to sit in a, you know, another room. I mean, he's actually there and being around other people and wanting to learn from them and what they're doing and how they're thinking about the things. So again, I, I, I just, I think a lot about those, those people every single day. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point and really good link with, with learning. 
What related to your book and writing the book, I guess, what surprised you or what did you learn just going through the process of essentially putting your life out on these pages? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think that the Look, I knew the book would be great for entrepreneurs and, you know, probably female entrepreneurs as well. And, you know, maybe college students who are thinking about, okay, I can, I guess I can really go get a job and what I should be thinking about. But probably the most surprising thing for me about the book is that I've heard from so many executives who have never been entrepreneurs, who are, uh, you know, kind of thinking about their their own life maybe even you know the pandemic kind of made yeah. these people even think differently than if we wouldn't have had a pandemic right that they that they're thinking about okay now what am I doing next or do I still want to be doing what I'm doing and and those people reaching out to me saying how this book really affected them and how it it kind of reset them and made them start to think. It's not that they necessarily want to go even start a company. It's really thinking about, do I actually step into my fears? Do I, um, do I you know, consider myself any challenges or kind of things that I'm sort of hiding in the closet about myself? Uh, maybe I actually instead should take those as learnings, um, own them, and then, you know, figure out how to move forward. And I, and, and I think it's, it's just, it's really exciting and to hear from so many people that that is what they're getting out of the book, because again, that wasn't my intent in writing it, but it certainly, uh, has messages for people who, are not entrepreneurs as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, I mean, I probably don't fall into any of the categories that you described. And I know for myself, I, I put it down, like I shared, I, I read it in the morning and the evening because I know the mental state I'll be in when I put it down. And there's, mm-hmm. it causes, for me at least, it causes curiosity or causes that like stop and read. And well, that was an interesting way she did that or thought about that. And then you start applying that to your own life and, you know, it just, it sparks ideas. So, so thank you for that because you've been a part of my mental fitness and and routine. And I highly encourage uh, everyone to, to check out your work, the book, everything you're up to. You're doing such awesome out there. Thank you for that. Is there, are there any other kind of final words or places that you would like to direct people to? Well, I, uh, it, as you and I were discussing a little bit, I have a podcast that I actually yeah. interview other founders and entrepreneurs on. It's called The Kara Golden Show. It's been a lot of fun. We've been doing it for three years. It's now every Monday and Wednesday. Uh, and so I, what I really like to get out there for people is I've you mentioned a few people like Chip Conley. I haven't had Chip on yet, but I would love to have him on yeah. as well. But it's just talking about people's journeys because I think so often we, you know, hear, oh, that person is the founder or maybe the CEO of this company and they're really successful. And 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 instead, what I've always felt is that there's so many stories along the way. Like how did they get here? Did they end up 
were they going right? And then they figured out, oh, I actually should be going left. And uh, or did they have, you know, monumental things along the way that really, um, you know, kind of rebooted them in some way and um, brought uh, humility, humanity, all all these different things in. And so it's a uh, it's it's a great it, it it's not my stories. It's a, it's mm-hmm. really I I always weave in sort of um, you know different examples in my own life how maybe there's some similarity, but more than anything, what I realized is that the most honest, the most authentic people out there uh, are also oftentimes, you know, great leaders. And I, I want to get those stories out there as much as possible because I think we can all learn from them. Love it. Well, I will definitely link to all of that in the show notes. It's, uh, it's been a real pleasure speaking with you, Kara. I mean, again, thank you personally for your work and coming on the show, but another huge thank you, I think a higher thank you, I should say, um, related to just you dedicating your energy and a lot of your work to helping others and changing the lives of others. And I imagine saving lives as well, just through your words and through your company and you know, all the health initiatives and all of that. So thank you for that. Thank you. I really appreciate that. So, and of course, uh, pick up a case of hint and, and yes. if you haven't tried it and so uh, good. yeah, it really is super a hint. good. <laughs> yeah, just a hint, and uh, hopefully you'll get a chance to listen to my book, or uh, it's on Audible. You and I were chatting about, uh, I read the book as well, so yeah. that was a lot of fun, And uh, or pick up a copy of the book, and I'd love to hear from you. Amazing. 